This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the Alpaca Tribe, the podcast for alpaca people. I was really pleased to receive an email last week. This is from Jennifer, who's in Washington State. And she says, I'm living in Washington State in the US. I wanted to say thank you for the podcast. I'm about to get my first four females in about 30 hours, and I'm a ball of nerves. I've spent months reading and listening to the podcast. I took the advice of buying from someone who will be there to answer questions but I still feel jittery. There is just so much I feel is unknown to me right now. Hopefully that will dissipate after they arrive. At any rate, truly thank you. It feels as if advice and gentle encouragement is just a click away from me on the podcast. It's helpful and reassuring. All the best, Jennifer. Thank you so much for sending the email. Jennifer, that's a real encouragement to me as well. And hopefully you've enjoyed the arrival and we'll be in touch just to see how you're getting on. It'd be great to hear from you. And we wish you all the best with your new alpacas. So we're still waiting for some of the bums to produce their career. And I think it's an interesting process, isn't it? Because they know what's going on. They are having an interesting time as a group. There's a lot of stuff happening where the others know, and I think I mentioned that last time, but we've seen even more of that. Yesterday, there was a lovely little group of the four most pregnant, most uncomfortable, I think, who were gathered in a small little corral area, and they were being surrounded, but at a respectful distance by the rest of the group. And they were following what was happening. There was a lovely thing where... where uh, seniority, etc., comes into play. So, Millie, who's the main female leader, she was sat down. She wasn't very comfortable. She was slightly on one side. Oh, and tail up. Oh, but no, no. So she changed the position slightly and sat on her heels almost. She raised herself off the ground using her legs. They don't like to sit that way too much because it's. I don't think it's that comfortable, but it's probably more comfortable that way than than sitting on the big bulge. So that was an interesting position I was keeping an eye and Megan who's one of the older females first one born in the valley she came over she sat down there's a place where they sit and they kind of get tucked in behind the gate and no idea why they sit behind the gate there's not that much space Um, but she was sat down her rear end not far from Millie's rear end it was kind of a a sitting in solidarity I think there was a bit quite a bit of that going on in different different ways that it was being expressed. So some of them were just the other side of a fence, but they were nearby, just in attendance, waiting together, which is which is quite amazing to see. But the the main pregnant ones were all closely together. Some of the little Kriya who a couple of weeks old now and a few days old. And they were coming over and having a little sniff and they were very interested. There's something definitely going on pheromone wise. I hope not too long. We'll have some babies arriving too. One of the problems is they, they don't, I don't think they're very good with the weather. The, the weather forecast abilities of alpacas is, is more limited. I think they feel the pressure and feel they the, recognise what's going on in the immediate with the weather and the immediate to come. So the short term, but longer term, they haven't got much of a clue, uh, have any of us. 
And therefore, they can get to a situation where they're waiting, but they're not aware that this afternoon is going to be really wet, for example, or it's the other way around. This morning was really wet and this afternoon is going to be really dry. So I'm trying to keep an eye on them uh, without stressing them too much. So wandering around. New pair of binoculars. Hey, that was a good find. So we found this new cheap pair of binoculars. Uh, the quality is exceptional for, for the price. And therefore, that's a, it's a good addition. So I, I'm been carrying those around and I can see a bit clearer what's going on without having to get too close, which is very, very helpful. That's been a, a kind of a process. I keep having to go out. So I hang around a bit and I'll walk among them and through them and with them. And they, they're becoming more accepting of that. This year, I've already commented on that as well, but this year they are just amazed again and again how relaxed they are. Now, maybe that's because we haven't had the visitors that we often would have, but particularly at this time with the, the pregnancies and the births, they are much more relaxed, which is really good. I'm really pleased about that. And perhaps I'm more relaxed as well. don't know. I'm getting slightly stressed now because I have to wait and wait. Oh, dear. But it's all this stuff that's on paper there, overdue, but, you know, they're, they're not really. I think they're okay. And we'll just we'll have an awareness. One, one or two we've had problems with in the past. One's a new new mum, so we'll keep an eye on her. So we're just being aware and we read the signs and keep a respectful distance. <laughs> Be patient. The the babies, it's been interesting watching those. And there's the, the playing together, the recognising each other and interacting together. And there's this, it was a lovely kind of nose to nose. And then it's kind of, you can almost see the cogs turning. What should we do next? What should we do next? What what can we do? And then there was a couple of them that were, were running, exploring various things. So they were tearing around and then they explored, oh, what's this? And they went over and it was actually gorse, which has got enormous spines and spikes and got to be careful. So they were exploring that a little bit, perhaps not helpfully, but I, I made a little noise. I sort of clucked at them. It was just the timing, I think, as much as anything. So they, they looked at this thing, moved towards it, and it, it, there was a noise and it echoed in the trees where they were. And, and they kind of stood back and they had a real surprise look on their face. It was, it was priceless. And they looked at each other and then they decided they're going to have to run off because this plant that they were exploring was making a noise. So there's lots of new things happening. Uh, last time, that hasn't happened this time, I haven't, haven't had the same opportunity, but last time I was halfway through doing something and uh, moved the brush and put it down next to a gate and there was a little group of the, the Korea came running out <laughs> as they approached this thing. They saw, well, what was it? They saw a brush leaning up against a gate and they had no idea whether it was a, a threat or whether it was something they could easily walk past without any thought at all. So that was uh, part of their exploration and learning and also they're practicing who's being the boss and who's being the leader and they keep taking turns in that and and they'll do things one following the others one egging the others on and they do have their little mad run around just as it's bedtime i think it gets them warmed up before they go to sleep so they're they're doing okay there i think but yeah there's a number of things to watch one of the things is making sure they pass the first uh, feces which is the meconium and make sure that they can wee okay and they get the hang of that they seem to to know very quickly where the smell is and that's where they go to the loom. So, And it's lovely seeing the mum and, and daughter kind of queuing up next to each other to go to the loo. I always find that sweet. So they, they, they're doing all of this learning. There's been a bit of exploration of food, which was causing some coughing and spluttering, I think, 
probably tried to taste something or I don't know whether they got up their nose or up their, in their mouth or they just didn't like it but there was a little coughing episode where they it's kind of yeah, 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 don't like that so that'll come in time but in the meantime they're waiting for the milk and they're learning to be patient and they sit down together the career and wait for their mums who are busy grazing or getting the, the food when I feed them they regularly seem to end up sat around this little group seems to gather around Alice which is nice she's a, a non-breeding female um, lovely temperament and she really likes babies and so the the creates seem to settle near her and you get this little collection and the babies go and sit next to each other so last week i was talking about this one that got stuck on the on the bank we had another one um, a slightly different angle and managed to sort themselves out me having to intervene but this this thing of working out how you stand up how you sit down the right way to lie and all that kind of thing it's all good learning and they do everything so quickly in terms of learning how to learning these skills, learning how to do the things, which is very good. As always, you can learn a lot by watching the poop pile. So uh, it's checking for the little beans, uh, almost like mouse droppings at this stage, um, and the colour. And usually they're quite orangey-brown. It's part of the early stuff that's still in the gut. But watching for, for the runs, uh, sometimes they're getting a lot of milk and their gut is kind of balancing up. And sometimes it gets a bit loose. But if, if you do get diarrhoea, you need to get on it really quickly to to stop it becoming a problem and getting dehydrated. Checking that they're actually feeding okay, that you can have a lot of action uh, that isn't necessarily producing very much. If there's any concern, you need to, to be checking what's happening. I know, it's easier said than done. But, but also checking their weight. You can overdo that and it just stresses them, but it can be useful as a confirmation that they're actually putting on weight, uh, which they ought to be. Needs a little bit of managing because the mums can get a bit stressed. So taking opportunities when you get them, but having those things planned in as well. So I'm going to have a, a close the gates session at some point when we do the next feeding so they're all down in the same place and I can grab a few babies and stand on the scales and see how heavy I am holding a baby. And then I find that's the easiest way. We've got, for the newborns, we've got a little sling and a spring balance or electronic version. It works fine, but as they get a bit older, it's a bit more. <laughs> you can't catch them for one thing. And it's a bit, they're a bit more of a wriggle. So it's easier to scoop them up and hold them and step on the scales and you can then zero it and step off and etc etc so you can you can work out how how heavy they are and check they go in the right direction remember to keep records as always and then we do lamavac as a, a vaccine which is for clostridial bacteria which includes the 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 ones that would cause diarrhea and then therefore the dehydration and a range of them including tetanus and stuff in there as well so it's a good good basic protection uh, about seven or eight different types of clostridial bacteria. Uh, it's doing it early enough, but not too early, because the immune system otherwise isn't formed enough to, to develop the an uh, antibodies for that. So those things need to be planned and, and worked through, checking they're okay. Do they, are they getting up and feeding? Are they doing the running around? Are they doing the sitting around and sleeping and seeming to be... They've just got a brightness about them. Normally the career are just full of fun and bounce. If you see any, any that look a bit flat, then again, it's something else to be aware of and step in uh, early rather than late. They're, they're such little things that they can get out of balance and, and get into trouble quite quickly. So keep an eye on that. And the mum's checking that the, the other's looking okay. They haven't got any signs of mastitis. Um, sometimes you get a mum that's a bit shy and won't let the, the babies feed. And that can be because it's <laughs> just uncomfortable. And... It can be because there's an infection and it's more than uncomfortable. It's very, very uncomfortable. So that might need some uh, medical intervention, vet intervention. The other thing I've noticed, which is an interesting factor, is that some are lefties 
and some are right feeders. So they generally, they'll come in. I was trying to help one of them. It was uh, little Dylan and trying to, try to help him in to, to feed. And he hadn't got a clue from one side, but the other side, he, he found the, the udder and the, and the teeth straight away. So he was able to get the milk. So he needed to come in from the, the, the mother's left side. And actually, for some reason, the mother wanted that as well. She was very un, unsettled if he came in the wrong direction, if he came in the wrong side, and she wouldn't stand still for him. So there was a bit of something going on, and that was uh, that was slightly unexpected. I had not noticed that before, but some are left-hand feeders and some are right-hand feeders, and it seems to be the natural place both for mum and baby, and it works really well. And if they come the other side, it's not so good. As they get a bit older, they, they can come either side. And we even had some cheeky ones um, that when the mum was feeding on the hard food and wasn't prepared to, to let them, they, they kind of snuck in from behind, literally uh, underneath the tail, and they'd reach in and underneath to, to get to the... you got to watch out for the occasional... Uh, what would you call it? Hmm, a, a, a sip sneaker or a, a something it's a, one of the other career who decides oh there's some milk there and they kind of sneak in and sometimes the mum hasn't noticed it's the wrong mouth that's attached <laughs> uh, there's always one a bit older and a bit stronger that seems to to try out so you occasionally get these little green spots which i think i mentioned last time there's one with a green spot on her, her neck and she'd been spat at because she'd been trying to go for milk from the wrong place yeah lots of things to be watching uh, we've got five on the ground at the moment and we've got another four definites and there's <laughs> a couple I think we've given up on. So there's a, still a few career still to arrive. And it's a nice afternoon. Who knows? I prefer them before lunch, but we'll take whatever we, we have to. So I'll keep an eye on, on those later on. One of the things we've been going through is this whole coronavirus lockdown. So lockdown with COVID-19, it's about three months of lockdown. We've not been able to have visitors. And that's completely changed what we're doing and the way we're doing as things are moving now towards opening up from the lockdown, uh, and it's interesting, I've had quite a few people phoning up inquiring about buying alpacas. That wasn't necessarily my expectation or wouldn't have been my first thought coming out of lockdown to go buy an alpaca, but some people are interested. And so we're trying to manage that through in terms of expectation, etc. And people are starting to contact about, I know you're not open yet, but will you be soon? So we're trying to work out how we manage all of that, and how can we safely reintroduce having groups here. We're not going to have any big groups here. We normally have an open day, which is a larger event. We brought the numbers down for improving the benefit of the, the experience, but there's also safety issues, health safety, sort of health issues relating to COVID-19. So we shall be careful how we do that, but we have to work out what's the, the process of opening things up, what's the expectation, how do you provide the hand washing facilities? What do you include? The size of the group, etc., needs to be small enough. Probably the going inside and having a cup of tea and some homemade cake is for a lot further down the line. We can't do that at the moment. And we can't even have visitors at the moment. So it's all hypothetical for us. But some people are starting to open up in, in England. And that's, yeah, it's providing some, some interesting challenges. I mean, people are really struggling because it was, particularly if they were focused on have, doing walking with alpacas, for example. That was a very successful business model, which suddenly stopped. And so they're financially very challenging for some owners and things are starting to potentially open up and we need to, to work out how we do that in the best possible way. 
So some people are facing those issues and, and starting to edge them, them through. So the information's out there. If you've got queries and stuff, there are places to, to look at. I noticed there's some articles in the, the latest British Alpaca Society magazine, which has just arrived on the mat. Uh, it was delivered yesterday. So it's got some interesting spread of articles talking about this very issue. So it's worth looking out if you, you're a BAS member. And there are others around and there's groups on Facebook, etc., to, to join and be able to access people with knowledge and information and experience. Although none of us have got experience of quite where we are. It's been a strange time, hasn't it? So we're in a place where we are pregnant with possibility for the future. We're ripe for revolutionary change. And yet we're also fraught with the possibility of failure and trying to just go back to business as usual. Mm, that's just not going to cut it. We haven't finished yet. We aren't clear of everything. There's the possibility of a second and, and more waves. We've got the winter to come. And there's the, the, the warnings about what might happen then. And then there's all the economic impact of the lockdown and, and lost jobs and, and changed businesses, etc., etc. So it's a massive impact on us in the middle of history in the making. We've not been down this route before. There are things that we can learn from the past, but actually this is all fresh and new. And we've got to make the right choices as we go forward. Somebody ought to do something about this. Well, yeah, it's probably us. Probably you, probably me, that are part of the answer to this. We need to engage with this and work out what kind of future do we want for the alpacas? How is that going to work? What's it going to look like? We need to be creative. We need to be pushing things forward. But we also need to be wise as well in the midst of it all. Not easy. So we will build for the future. It's going to be hard work and it will take effort and time and some creativity. But I think we're up to the challenge. Thanks for being here. Hope to see you again soon. Take care and stay safe. This is the Alpaca Tribe and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a good day.